Hi, I'm Hannah. And I'm Natasha. And we're the co-hosts of LUK's new podcast, Why I Move, in association with Nike. We're taking a break from our everyday roles of running the L website and commissioning and editing features to speak to some incredible women, from fashion icons to music stars, about how they fit movement into their insanely busy lives, and most importantly, how it makes them feel. There's so many like gendered assumptions around what kind of exercise you're supposed to do. And I think for a long time, uh, women who box, it was just seen as this sort of like not a very feminine sport and a sport that can like come across quite masculine. And like for me, like I actually it makes me feel quite sexy boxing. I think it's I think it's quite a sexy sport. Plus, we'll hear from Nike coaches who will be sharing their expert tips on how movement can work for us all. I'm feeling good about this. Warm-up burpee, anyone? (laughs) Nah. This podcast is created by Elle in association with Nike. Nike have very kindly lent us some of their coaches for this podcast. Each episode, a different coach is going to be here with us in the studio, listening in on the chat, and then at the end of the show, they'll give us some of their expert exercise tips and hacks based on what they've heard. This week, we're joined by Coach Dora Atom. Coach Dora, before we start the show and meet our celebrity guest, what's your area of expertise? Firstly, hello. And my area of expertise is running, specifically now trail running. And what is your number one tip for anyone looking to move more? It's a bit cliche, but just do it. Just get started. I know it's hard. We've all been there. Get the shoes on. Get out the door. Five minutes, ten minutes to your favourite coffee shop. Come home. But just get started. Amazing. Well, we're going to catch up with you later, Coach Dora. Now, on with the show. So, today, we're joined by Clara Amber. Hello. Clara is an award-winning broadcaster, podcaster and TV presenter. She's best known for hosting Future Sounds on BBC Radio 1. She's presented at Glastonbury, The Brits, Global Citizen and has interviewed artists like Jay-Z, Harry Styles and Billie (laughs) Eilish. So it was no surprise when she was awarded Best Radio Show at the Music Week Awards in 2021. She's even had a Barbie doll made in her image. Doesn't get much cooler than that. I do love my doll. I I love it too. I've seen it. It's great. (laughs) In 2020, Clara took part in BBC Strictly Come Dancing. I was rooting for you. And although she didn't win the show, she definitely won a lot of new fans who fell for her hilarious outtakes, relatable vulnerability and incredible outfits. (laughs) Clara is actually no stranger to Elle. It's been a long and fruitful relationship. You've written pieces for the magazine. We've interviewed her in the past about her career and her beauty journey. If you've ever heard her on the radio, you'll know that Clara is one of the warmest and most joyful and funniest people you could meet. (laughs) And we're thrilled to have her as a guest. Clara, welcome to Why I Move. Well, first up, thank you so much for having me and thank you for such a delightful intro. Like, that's really... We bring you on here just to boost, you know, your confidence and your ego. That's like, that's the game. My ego feels fully stroked. (laughs) Thank you. It's worked. So much. How are you feeling today? Yeah, I'm good. I got my caffeine. 
I'm ready to go. I'm ready to, yeah, get into ready this Ready to run another half. Possibly. Because, you know, it's been a while since I've run a half. So uh, I, I feel by the end of this uh, conversation. You'll like, be prepped. Yeah, that's it. You'll be ready. First up, like you would any good workout, we're going to start with a little warm up just to get the blood flowing. We're going to start to gently get the heart rate up and to get to know you better by whizzing through a bit of your vital information. You've got one minute to finish the following sentences. Oh, okay. Are you ready? Ready. Okay, let's go. Proudest sporting moment was? Uh, Paris Half Marathon, the first time I did it. The tune that always gets you moving? Beyonce, move. My ultimate workout look is? Um, Black leggings, high-waisted, black crop top. The fitness lesson I'm still learning? Um, It's okay not to work out every day. You're really good at this. My favourite pre-workout snack? Um, Chocolate-flavoured protein shake. My favourite place to work out? My back garden. (laughs) (laughs) Easy. My dream workout partner would be? Oh, Serena Williams. Shoot for the stars. I mean, why not? My biggest exercise cringe was? Oh, 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 you've, you, you, oh, you got me there. Biggest exercise cringe. I'm pretty sure I've like gone for a run and the nipples popped out. <laughs> I think we've and, all like, been there. Or like, like I'm picking wedgies and like, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Final one. My favourite athlete is? Oh, 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 that's so tricky. Because I have many. Joe, I'm going to say my girl, Dina Asher-Smith. Love, love that. Love Dina. We love Dina. Time's up. So before we get into your current workout routine, it'd be great to know a little bit about what your relationship with sport and exercise was like growing up and whether you did any sport at school. What was it like in your family? I I loved sport growing up. Like I, I think for me, I've always liked movement that feels fun. Um, and I loved athletics. Like I used to watch athletics like, all the time on telly, like when I was a kid, like especially like with my dad. I just remember being like really mm. like quite amazed by it. But I think I was just really into the outfits. As well. <laughs> <laughs> was there a point where any of this changed? Did you ever, was there ever a point where you sort of actually took a step back from physical activity? Joe, you know I think I. I'd never, I've never really stopped moving, to, to, like, to be honest. I think maybe... Actually, when I went to uni, I think that's probably like, the longest I went without exercise. What were you busy doing? Um, <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what, honestly? I, I, was, I was actually quite well behaved in uni, to be fair. Ironically, though, I went to St Mary's, which is like a really well-known sports mm-hmm. university. Like Mo oh, Farah yeah. went there. Mm. And like loads of Team GB um, went there. But I actually majored in like broadcasting whilst I was at St Mary's. And I think I got so into like working at like, because we had like a, a student radio station and I got so into like my studies there. Like cause we, I was like doing film studies as well. I got so into that. Like I just, I just didn't really obsess over exercise that much. And I wasn't feeling like massively compelled to exercise. So when I left uni, that's when I, I think I first joined a gym. And that's when I kind of became, I think, a bit more aware of my physicality in the, in the maintenance sense, as opposed to the fun sense. This section of the show is called The Starting Line, and it's the part where we ask you how you got into your sport. So, Clara, can you tell us a bit about how you got into boxing? Yeah, I got into boxing uh, via my wonderful trainer, Georgie Oakle, who's brilliant. Um, I'd always been a casual fan, not necessarily of, um, like, sparring, like, 
I, do you know, I, I think, do you know what? And I'll, and I'll say this freely. I think like a lot of people, my sort of introduction to boxing was via like pop culture, you know, like Million Dollar Baby, Rocky, Girlfight, like <laughs> now Creed. Like it's, yes. those, it's those images that I thought, oh, wicked. Okay. But it was Georgie that really got me into it because I just wanted to do something that felt, yeah, that felt fun, that felt, um, that made me feel like strong. Like I like feeling, I like feeling like a, like a baddie yeah. like, when I'm boxing and like, and it just, it makes you feel, well, yeah, it makes you feel quite invincible actually. It mm -hmm. makes you feel proper. Like when you get your wraps on, your gloves on, like. It's like a hidden ready. superpower. Yeah, exactly. When you're walking exactly. down the street, you're like, I know something you don't know. Yeah, you feel fab. I'm interested in the social element of it. Do you find that working at boxing in particular, there's something of a community that that's what draws you to it as well? Yeah, like because a, a lot of my mates box, um, and they're not necessarily they're not necessarily sparring with people. They're doing it one on one with a trainer, or you know they're using an app or whatever. And it just yeah, it's like nice having boxing chat. With, with with the girlies, you know, <laughs> Big chat. Can you give us an example? Like, oh, you know, oh, I've got these gloves, or like, oh, what wraps are you using? Or like, oh my god, oh, your arms are so sore. Like, are you doing this or are you doing that? And I, which I think is like, I think it's like quite cool. But I think also, I've definitely noticed there's been a shift, particularly with a lot of the women I know who box. Um, in just, well, I guess the amount of women who do it and just the conversation around it because there's so many like gendered assumptions around what kind of exercise you're supposed to do. And I think for a long time, like, uh, women who box it was just seen as this sort of like and again obviously I'm talking about like through a, a very like bait like listen we live in a heteronormative society which is, is, isn't is great but like listen we're all dealing with the patriarchy one step at a time we're breaking it down but like it was you know it's it's traditionally seen as like not a very feminine sport and a sport that you like come across quite masculine and like and I don't think that's necessarily like a bad thing like you know I think we should honour both of our energies mm. and like and and for me, boxing makes me feel equally like feminine, but equally sort of masculine. And I think they're both as vital, like as each other. And for me, like I actually, it makes me feel quite sexy boxing. I think it's, mm. I think it's quite a sexy sport. And I think we've seen like really incredible people um, show us like the different sides of what boxing can look like for women. Like whether it's like Nicola Adams, you know, who I got to know really well because we did Strictly together. Nick and Nicola's incredible. And you know, you've got Ramila Ali, who's amazing as well. Like they're, they're such different women, but they represent the sport in, in, in such different ways, but it, they're still doing equally powerful and impactful things with how they show up and I think that's really cool yeah no I love that the like feminine power of yeah. boxing and not being afraid of your body because I think you know one of the recurring things I've definitely noticed amongst um you know women and exercise is you know um oh, I don't want to look too bulky, oh, I don't look too muscly, or I don't want to look too... And I've and I've definitely been guilty of that thing because I've got quite a naturally, like, I think, like, quite, like, muscly, like, physique sort of thing, especially, like, round my round my arms. And I like having strong arms. Like, I'm very much like, yeah, welcome to the gunja. Like, I like it. <laughs> but even I've had a few moments I've been a bit like, oh, gosh, am I going to get a bit too, like, bulky? And how's it going to look like if I wear, like, a spaghetti strap or whatever? And it's like, well, no, actually, it looks... It looks Good. You look strong. Well, yeah, yeah, exactly. And it's like, it's okay, like, to look strong. Yeah. And that's, that's sexy. Yeah, yeah, it is. You know? 
I want to touch on that body image point just for a sure. second because I, I know from previous conversations with you, you grew up with quite a particular um, attitude towards body, which for me, hearing you talk about it, has been a revelation because, like, full transparency, I had a great childhood. I had parents that would, loved me and were together and, and supported my ambitions and we didn't really want for kind of money. And yet somehow, despite all of that and comparatively little hardship, I still grew up with a kind of at odds with my body somewhere along the line, whether it was the magazines, you know, we're now in the industry of or TV or being at a girls school. I somehow did not grow up loving my body. And, you know, for me, it led to kind of dabbling with disordered eating and over-exercising. But I've heard, you know, you talk about that not being your experience at all. And I'd love to hear more about that. Yeah, it, it, it truly wasn't. It's funny because I only became really aware of my body in comparison to others in a negative way, like maybe towards the end of like, college or the start of you even then I was a bit like meh kind of thing because you know I'm West African I'm Ghanaian and in Ghanaian culture like all bodies are j- truly like celebrated whether you're like the like the this a size 8 or a size 16 but particularly if you're bigger that's not necessarily like a bad thing like in our culture like if anything like I remember my dad telling me like in in a lot of like Ghanaian families it's a sign of wealth mm. like you know like you're you're eating good type of thing and like you know to have some bum and to have and have boobs and like and and a belly like it's just it's not it's just not a shameful thing to have a body it's 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 really 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 not and even if somebody was to pass comment within our culture I can only speak for like my experience within my family and like and the and our sort of like wider community like even if somebody was to say oh like you look like this you like that somebody would be like what somebody would tell them like to shut up kind Mm. of thing or but there's always somebody that would just like it it's just it's just it's just part of the culture and how much does it um, influence your attitude to kind of exercise and movement? It's it's been an interesting one because I I've definitely had a phase of oh I wasn't was I, was I really over exercising I think I was over exercising but no I'll tell you what I definitely had a phase of calorie counting I mean like I I weigh myself probably once a month now if that but I did go for a phase of weighing myself every day muscles are heavy yeah but that's it yeah. again but it, just not knowing like it's it's been an education sort of like I'm like I'm back to quote unquote normal now but I definitely went through a phase of just being a little bit obsessed yeah. with how many calories I was taking in a day mm. I mean in this oh god I hate to use it in society but mm. you know in this culture here in the UK like you just can't avoid it mm. one of my biggest you know things that I ever did for myself was stop weighing myself full stop because at the end of the day it means absolutely nothing I can look in the mirror and know I'm healthy and that's all there is to it muscles are heavy anyway so and like you say water weight and stuff like that so the gift the gift I gave my adult self was to not step on a scale amen and if a doctor ever asks me to because of whatever oh. I say no and they're like we need to know your BMI and oh, like BMI absolutely. means 
nothing. <laughs> it means nothing. If I'm workout and I'm heavy because of my muscle and it says the BMI's off, that's on you, mate. Well, that's <laughs> not I, on I, me. I remember like um, going to a doctor for a physical and like I'm technically overweight and I literally just I laughed in his face. Mm. I was just like, no, I'm not. Like, okay, maybe according to this, like, you know, this really outdated, like, numerical system. But, like, yeah. for me, also, it's not about what you wear, it's about how you feel in your clothes yeah. as well. Yeah, totally. I just want to pull us back to the boxing again, Bruce, yes. because we've gone uh, actually down a really interesting road. But I want to pull us back to boxing. One of the things that really appeals to me about boxing is the psychology of it. The ability, whether you're sparring or whether you're just doing drills, like the ability to let out some, let off some steam or to use a controversial word, to to have some aggression or to be, you know, combative or, you know, to be competitive or any of those things. And like you said, boxing can be a bit of an exclusive sport that women weren't always welcome to. But likewise, all of those feelings of having like a bubbling, over of emotion or feeling anger and those sorts of things has also been to a degree off limits to to women mm. but how has your boxing journey taken you down that ability to like feel your feelings oh it's been massively helpful um with feeling my feelings just because you know every day is not a great day and like you know you mentioned the word aggression like I, I think it, it's 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 okay to be an aggressive woman sometimes like it it, it, it really is I think is. all of us yeah. in this room yeah. are you know, yeah. time to I mean, time anyway yeah. Yeah, like yeah, and like, and when I've had a bad day, or if somebody's like pissed me off, I will channel that into a boxing session. Like, <laughs> like yeah, there's you know there's there's a couple of exes whose faces I've uh, imagined on those pads, but it has helped. Or like when I've been feeling emotion, like if I'm feeling like. I don't know, not confident. I will I will look at the pad and I think, okay, that pad is all my insecurities. I'm gonna punch. You've you've spoken about also going to therapy, but is mm. this like another kind of therapy? Oh, absolutely. Like Georgie, God bless them, is essentially friend, therapist, and trainer as well. And I think everybody who they work with says the same thing. They, they train Amelia Dims as well. And like me and Amelia were talking, like, oh, isn't just isn't Georgie just great? You can just tell them everything, but also like, you know, get your drills in, get your you get your stuff done too. And it's just it, it is that. But I, I think I found that with like with every person I've I've ever worked out with, it just you just create that relationship because it's not like you're gonna work out in silence. No. And you end up talking about like everything, like life, love, career, like God, there's been times I've I've definitely like cried in in sessions if I've been having a bit of like a rubbish day or whatever or like because there's been times when Georgie's turned up at mine and I'm and I'm just like yeah I'm not really feeling it say or like, I'm going through a bit of a tricky time we might like do a couple of drills and I might just like I might cry a little bit or like or or we'll just like chat and it's just like you know we'll just we'll we'll, we'll start again like tomorrow and, that, and that's okay. Don't go anywhere. We're just going to a quick ad break. We've created this podcast with Nike in a bid to uncover what gets some of the most inspirational women moving. Let's find out how Nike coach Dora Atom moves with a quick fire question round. Ready, Dora? Yes, ready. Okay, morning or evening workout? Definitely morning. Weight or cardio? Oh my God. Um, definitely cardio. Yoga or Pilates? I'm going to go with Pilates. Exercising indoors or outdoors? Definitely outdoors. Best motivational tip? Make it your own. In one word only, how does moving make you feel? Oh, um, powerful. Final question, maybe the most important yet. What or who makes you want to move? People that I coach. Now, back to the show. 
So in this section of the show, we ask guests about any hurdles they have faced or continue to face, whether it's injury, illness, body perception or doubt. You've spoken publicly about your experience of having fibroids and having surgery to remove them. So can you tell us, first of all, for people that don't understand it, a bit about fibroids? Sure. So fibroids are these non-cancerous growths um, that, that grow on the womb and like inside it, around it. Um, they are a pain in the arse or a pain in the womb technically <laughs> um, and I had surgery to have mine removed um, about a year ago actually I, I got them done I had my fibroid surgery three days no two days after the Brit Awards like last year and and I remember just the the, the relief obviously recovery like was what it was but just it has changed my life having this surgery because they used to affect everything from you know my energy levels like they were like I didn't tell people at the time because I didn't want it to become my sort of like sob story but during Strictly I was in quite a lot of pain and my energy levels were like oh they they weren't they weren't the best or whatever because like some days it was just like oh because you know they because also I've got I've got a contraceptive um coil and um sorry uh trigger warning well like when I had my surgery my fibres had grown so much they'd actually dislodged my coil and it was stuck in the back of my oh. womb and I had no idea so like because so, I'd, I'd, I'd be doing exercise or whatever and sometimes I get these random like stabbing pains and it was because that had happened and it can affect everything from like you know like your bladder like your digestive system like sexy time like everything can be affected um, by these growths and um, you know there's lots of different ways to treat them you know like there's drugs there's surgery like your diet can affect um like you know how how they grow in in the body but yeah like having that surgery and having to take time out and like ha having no choice but to sit still and then learn to sort of like re rehabilitate my body was a bit of a um well not a bit like a big like learning experience for me actually and also I guess um when I think about it now a sort of lesson like gra gratitude for just being generally healthy like otherwise and also understanding like what bodies can can do first of all I can't believe you were dancing through the pain on Strictly but, but no one knew that's it's, amazing it's just it's one of those ones because I just I just knew if I'd said something about it and and, and listen I had I mean obviously everyone knows Ali Ash is the best the the dream partner who was I don't know if I if I would have told him, he would have been like oh my god but I didn't want him to fuss and again I didn't want it to be this thing of like people thinking like oh she's saying this so she can so it's like come on guys <laughs> keep me in the vote competition I've got five boys um, like, the five boy vote you're going for the five boy vote yeah 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 I didn't want to be like yeah but like it but it was it was quite tricky because also there was some weeks I was like mad bloated as well um, and like. And again, because it's been a lesson of understanding like what they can do to the body. But like, you know, I'd be eating really well and I'd be like hydrating and like not, yeah, just like taking care of myself. And I'd wake up some mornings and I would literally look like I was maybe like four or five months gone because that's just what they can they can do. Because I had, I think, nine taken out of me. And like wow. the biggest one, it was literally the size of like a grapefruit. It was on top of my womb oh, as well. And, and like, yeah, and I've still got two small ones like still in me because they were like, they were too small to like kind of go like my doctor said it's best just to kind of just leave them like keep an eye on them but yeah they're mad and also you know they they disproportionately affect um uh, women of color particularly black women 
So from the research that um, that I've done and just like, you know, just reading, watching documentaries and stuff, like one in three um, women have them. And out, and out, I think two out of three of those women are, are black women or, or South Asian women. They're, they're really prevalent. Like, you know, I've got so many aunties who've had them, like like friends, cousins, like it's just, it, it, yeah, it's it's a big, big, big issue. And I'm, I'm working hard, actually. Look, keep watch this space, but I'm working hard to uh, get some changes made, mm. shall we say, around the education um, around them and like preventative measures. Um, and yeah, just better care because it's, I think women's gynecological health in this country, I think fibroid fibroids are a little bit of an afterthought from my from my experience. Yeah, and just learning from people I've been chatting to. Yeah, because it's about women's health, but also about women's pain. And yes, that sort of you were dealing with that without anyone kind of realizing, mm. but you were having to deal with it sort of quietly and privately. Yeah, um, and that idea of just sort of women just suffering without getting the help that they need, mm-hmm. which is a Big old, big old problem. Yeah, it's the female burden is the pain. is such a, a topical issue because women are so often not believed. But it's because we've spent so many years feeling like we have to minimise it. Correct. And you did on Strictly, which is like, you know, just like history repeating itself, which is like very commendable. But mm. we need to change it so that women can be honest yeah. and transparent. 100%. But you're the thing that you, um, you know, going through learning about diagnosis of fibroids and then getting the surgeries and, and everything that you've then researched afterwards. Has that been empowering to get to know what's going in? Oh, absolutely. Like, yeah, I'm. And listen, I, I still enjoy coffee. I shouldn't really be drinking caffeine uh, when it comes to the old roids, uh, the fibes. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> no steroids. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah, let me let me read. Let, let me be. Yeah, the fibroids. The fibroids. Um, don't do steroids kids at all or adults anybody um but uh yeah no i've had to i had to relearn just like uh because yeah there are certain foods that like affect like fibroid growth from what i've learned so like i don't really um have that much dairy anymore where possible like i just try and have like lean meats like lean fishes i try and eat like I'm just so much more veg like I'm hydration obsessed I'm trying I try and drink like a couple liters of water like a day and I've just had to learn just to be just to be really mindful of like what I put in my body Clara in 2016 you released an audio documentary called Running with Grief which was about the first year following your father's death Mm. um it's an honest raw and often very joyful account which features your brilliant mum as well (laughs) um today um it's quite a poignant day because we're recording here in the studio and it's the eighth anniversary of your father's death so wild like yeah life is funny isn't it it is it is it's yeah eight years and it's um in some ways it feels like just yesterday but I but then at the same time I really feel those eight years as well um yeah that was that was a really um healing thing to do actually the documentary because yeah for people that don't know I found out that my dad had passed away when I was in Paris with my friends and I was on my way to get my registration bid for the Paris Half Marathon. So I've done the Paris Half, um, yeah, three times now. Got all my medals. I'm very pleased with them. I love them. They're, they're hanging up in my little office at home and I and I love them. But um, yeah, it was... I, I mean, I, I you know, I still remember when my sister called me. I had all these missed calls from my sister, and I knew in my gut I was like, some, some, something awful has happened. And I, and I, and I think I just, I weirdly knew, 
Um, and then I, yeah, then she called because I was on the metro, like with my with my mates, we we're on the platform, and she's like wailing down the phone, and yeah, she told me that that my that my dad had died. So, um, you know, that was the sort, of, I guess, the beginning of my grieving process and shock. I wasn't expecting my father's death, you know, because he'd he'd had a stroke a few years prior, but he'd recovered like so well, and he was in Ghana, like living his best life and whatever. And so it was it was quite a shock that that he died, but. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't get to see the Paris half, and so like two of my best friends, Rada and Zainab, who are brilliant, like ran it sort of like on my behalf. But I just remember thinking, like, sort of a few, probably a few months after, like I, I, I want to do it again. Like I do want to do it because I think one thing I didn't want to do was sort of like make Paris into this like place of like sorrow and even make running a thing of like sorrow like I just wanted to sort of um like I guess empower it for want of a better phrase I, I just remember thinking like no I, I really want to do it so so I, I did it again and I made the doc yeah, yeah. it's incredible I loved um what you said at the end that the race had been like a celebration of your dad's yeah. life yeah, I'm not going to cry. Oh, God. No, so we don't, we don't, we don't cry. Yeah. I mean, well, it's feel okay. your feelings and tears. It's okay. But you know, maybe I'm allowed to cry. It's okay. You but, are yeah. allowed. <clears throat> well, yeah. I loved in that um, beautiful documentary that you made, which was, you know, that image of dan- the dancing with the coffin and mm. it... It it made it into a celebration of life and then you went back and you did that. You achieved that amazing feat as a kind of dedication to your dad mm. to celebrate him and the gifts that he had given you and bestowed you with so it was actually so joyful in so many ways yeah do you know when you die in Ghana like it is a good time to be fair like it you know because again Ghanaians we're very like joyful like people it's like you know the 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 phrase of the country is a quaba which means like you're welcome and like people say it like everywhere and they really like mean it so and like yeah, when you die, trust me, every, everyone wants to turn up for like the free food and like the dancing and like the and the vibes because like you know, Ghanaian wakes and funerals like they're they're like don't get me wrong, they they are sad and people get you know understandably very emotional and like I'll tell you one thing if a guy what a Ghanaian woman can do very well is cry like very like, <laughs> like wailing crying but but like yeah the the weights are incredible and like you know yeah my dad's funeral they like you know dancing with his coffin like like he got carried by like eight eight guys and it's like a local band because they always like, have usually like have a band with, like trumpet drum like the whole thing and like and you know and they and they really make a big deal out of like send, sending you off and it's you know and it's a joyous occasion like they have like posters of you like everywhere in like the area that you grew up in like and like you know they make merch like I've I've got like I've literally got a key ring and a bottle of opener with like my dad's face on it and like but when my grandma died there was like flipping because my, my grandma got rest her soul she died in like uh in like the second year of the pandemic and I've literally got anti-back with my grandma Christina's like face on it <laughs> like, like, yeah you get there's merch for everything like it's like but it's just what we do and it's like you know shot glasses like all of it oh. like yeah that, we make it an occasion so like so that part was you know it, it it's very healing it's it's very healing and it's and you know he's 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 buried in Ghana and like in the village that he grew up in and like it's which is really lovely like I'm I'm, I'm happy that he was buried like where he was born is like a nice like sort of like full circle moment for him but yeah it's it's mad eight years today thank it's you just... so much for sharing no no, no like, like it's, 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 it's it's all good like and I think it's you know I think British culture in particular like well I think we still got a weird relationship with death 
And the running helped yeah. because it allowed you time for yourself? Um, yeah, I think it was that. And I think it was just sort of... Um, Chain for the half, like it just added an extra level of sort of um, focus because I knew like I just, I had to sort of like do it with like him in mind, obviously like and my chosen charity, but I just, it just, it didn't let me give up, which was quite good. And then I just, and then once I did it, like, you know, I did it two more times. So I thought, okay, it's possible. It's that mad sense of achievement as well. Like, oh, when yeah. you surprise yourself. And mm. also, I, t- I, want, I love those flipping medals. Like, <laughs> That's just... are, they, are they with the 100 metres from school? Oh, yeah, they're, they're all they're together. All together like, but, they're, but they're like, I love a good chunky medal to be like, yeah, like I did, I did that. Like, because I've done the Hackney Half a couple of times as well. And their, their medals are really good. Yeah, they feel weighty around yeah, your exactly. neck, don't yeah, they? Yeah, you feel like a proper champ. <laughs> I need more medals. We should have medals for, you know, Podcast just like... Medals. Would love. Okay, we're going to move on to another section of the show, which is called Ask Me Anything. Sure. We've put a call out to our L readers to ask if they had any particular questions they were desperate to ask you. Sure. So we've selected a few of the most relevant and the best. <laughs> there was a lot about how did you get into radio, which we I think would take us a long time and isn't quite in the arena of movement and fitness. Let's so. quickly answer that. Work hard, be persistent and do it for the passion. Don't do it for anything extra. There you there go. go. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so this one is funny because I've seen you post about this on Instagram. Aisha says, I love seeing your mum's comments on all your <laughs> outfits. Can you tell us more? <laughs> oh, sweet Gracie. Um, the funny thing is, I always say to my mum, but because oh, I've got loads of pictures of, of her from when she was a teenager. I'm just like, you literally used to wear short skirts. You cannot tell me like this is too short where you, I mean, to be fair, hers weren't, as short, but they were still, you know, within a region. Does she ever sort of tell you what she's going to comment before she comments or it's the first time you see it? Oh, no, the first time I see it is is what you see. This is her absolute 100% like honest instant um feedback and like will I ever listen to her absolutely not but it's always it's always entertaining to see what she's gonna say I feel like it, just, I need it makes some... me laugh yeah no, no, no. she's how we should be on social media yeah oh she's very she's direct like... So, like you know I've taken her to events and stuff and like there's been well-known people who've come up to her and been like like lovely Anita Rani shout out to her I took her I took my mom to an event and Anita was there and she was like mum mum please please can you rate my outfit and my mum like she gave her a good she gave her a good review I like and I think Alicia Dixon asked her once, I would think my outfit. My mum was like, Yeah, very nice. I like the colour on you. Looks good. Like, kind of thing. Like, she's very, um, she never lies. She always tells the truth, which, which I appreciate. Love it. Um, so, this one is like something that is close to my heart <laughs> because I recently decided to redo our spare room and I had to bag up my husband's boxing gloves in tightly, like, vacuum sealed because they were stinking out the room. What? How do you deal with smelly boxing? gloves how do you keep it's a great question um i honestly i always hang them upside down um but with the with the hand with the um entry point facing downwards so i don't because that way for me mentally i'm just like well that means anything like sweaty can like kind of air Uh out so i hang them upside down in the corner of my in the corner of my living room but i give them a little like febreze like here and there Last one. We've got a question from Jade who said, have you got quick tips for getting out of a negative mindset? Oh, I will say this. You're more capable than you know. And I think it is so easy for us to talk down to ourselves. So I will say, like, really trust in the power that you think you don't have because it is, it's absolutely there. That, that's what I will say. That I have to tell myself that. 
There are some times that I'm just like, oh my God, I can't do this. And I think sometimes you've you got to zoom out and really look at yourself, all the hard stuff you've got through so far and be like, it's all there. It's all there. So like, yeah, don't don't underestimate how strong you are because it's even if it doesn't feel like it, you've got the resources internally. I hope that helps. That's brilliant yeah. advice. I think we've got Dora waiting outside. Yeah. So let's bring her in. So now in this final section of the show, how I keep it going, we're going to discuss with expert Nike coaches how to make fitness sustainable for all. We're joined again by the wonderful Nike coach, Dora Atom. Do you have any tips for Clara about boxing and kind of keeping moving? I know you're a super busy woman. It is really difficult and I only like to work out in the morning. And if it doesn't get done in the morning, it's probably not going to happen. And then I fall into, I used to fall, fall into this like really negative ball of emotion and be like, oh, I'm falling off the wagon and now I feel really unfit and it's going to take me ages to feel like I want to do it again. Um... I just guess it's acceptance, you know, exercise, fitness, this is a lifelong thing. We were talking about um, body weight and body image, you know, we only have one body and it's the most precious thing we own and it's going to fluctuate forever. And the same thing with movement, we want to do it forever. So we just have to like accept the ups and downs of the journey. And it's, it's and it sounds really like woo-woo, but it's, it literally does what it is. And I'm actually currently going through that with my own running. So it's like, I just have to go back into, just accept it. It's ups and downs. It's part of the journey. It's not about the destination. Yeah. Acceptance. Yeah. Hope mm. that answered your question. Yeah. Great <laughs> right answer. Something that I would love to talk about is, Dora, you've, you've spent a while cultivating as much as possible an inclusive space for people to feel, um, you know, represented in sport and in running. And can you talk to us a bit about that and how we can invite more women to feel like it's cool and they can do anything, whether it's boxing, running, etc. Yeah, absolutely. So obviously I'm a woman, so I'm going to advocate for all women. But um, it was lockdown in particular when I came out of London just for a little while because obviously everything was like, I was like, the world is going to end. At least <laughs> let me go to the countryside. Um, and I got into trail running a bit more and um, because it's either running the trails or run by the motorways. And I was like, mm, that is not cute. <laughs> not cute at all. But I started trail running and it was, it, the feeling it gave me was just like, I didn't feel, I was like, I don't have to be Coach Dora. I'm literally just showing up as me, doing something for myself. I felt like self-care, you know. Um, and it wasn't until I was getting asked questions about people just being out, like, oh, what are you doing? And, you know, for them, it might have been innocent. It might not have been innocent. But for me, I just felt really, like, triggered, I guess, because I was sort of like, well, I'm running. We're like, what, you're walking your dog? I'm running. Um, and this happened in June. We all know what happened in June. Black Lives Matter, everything was going on. Um, and prior to, you know, Black Lives Matter and everything, we had the tragic death of Ahmed Arbery, who, you know, sadly lost his life being out running. So everything was just mm. coming to me. And I was, then I stopped running for a bit because I just became overwhelmed with emotion. Sometimes I'd cry and like, you know, it was just, it was horrendous. And um, I've gone off and taken on a journey. But for me, it was sort of like, I want to not ever for other black women to never have to feel like this because as a black woman we carry we carry a lot as it is and during 2020 we was we was we was carrying the whole world backs were hurting yeah. babe. the backs, backs were, hurting. were hurting the backs were hurting the shoulders were aching <laughs> yeah. it was a lot and mm. trail running was the only thing that was keeping me like going is because like, I got to a point where I was like I don't even know how I exist I don't even know how to exist as as a black woman in the world of today I just don't know I don't have the answers 
and you know being online and being someone who's sort of like hyper visible in the running space you know people are like oh like how are you getting on I'm just sort of like I don't want to talk and they're like how do I stay motivated lockdown's really hard I'm like I know but I don't even know how to exist or show up right now so that was a real challenge until you know I'm a massive lover of house music I was like, you know, love house music, ex-rave over here. I say ex-rave, it's just I ain't been to one since, you know, the world opened up again. Mm. But I was sort of like, let me just go back to making my playlist, discovering some new music, discovering old music, doing things to make it my own and make me feel a bit safe when I'm out. Um, and it was one day I had a 90-minute playlist and I ran for 90 minutes and I got to the middle of this, like, forest in Hampshire and I literally bawled out, like, ugly crying, like, snot bubble crying. <laughs> Like it was a lot, but it was feelings of emotion and just like sadness, but hope. And, you know, like I was also like kind of grieving again. Like I also lost my father four years ago. So it was just, I was like, oh, he'll be really proud of me like for actually like breaking through. Um, But it was just like, I, this feeling I'm feeling, I want to put it in a bottle and share it because I felt like I'd also regained control. Because I, like, I feel like I belong on the trails. Oh my gosh, like, yes, it's for me. If someone asks me what I'm doing, say, mind your damn business, do you know what mm -hmm. I mean? So it was just, I felt like, okay, I felt like Dora again. And I felt like, you know what, I can take on what the world brings. So I got back to the group chat and I was like, yes, girls, we're going to go to the trails. We're going to run in the forest. And they're like, no. And I was like, well, <laughs> that's awkward. But I just feel like it. We we need to be showing up, you know, authentically as ourselves. Like, you know, we're cute, we're glowing, all of it. Let's just show up do something positive for ourselves and it took a while but we got we got there uh, we went down to Epping Forest and I think it was the conversations that came out of these runs I was like this is really important um and when black women get together it's a good time every time <laughs> every time but it was yeah it was the conversations and I was like I need to keep this going I need to keep this space accessible for people that relate to me so ultra black running that was formed in um, July of 2020 and it's a space for black women and non-binary people to sort of come together and explore the world of trail running and that's that's literally it and everything else that comes with it is a bonus um it's just so precious to me just because it's way more than trail running it's just everything else like we're going through things collectively yeah, it's amazing that you were talking, you are saying it's not about the running, it's those conversations that, that what inspired you as well. And the focus isn't on necessarily the sport or the exercise. Yeah, it was just about like, the community. Yeah, as a community, people are talking about like how to talk about, um, you know, Black Lives Matter to their bosses. People are talking about how to navigate hair in, in running and in exercise. People are talking about, do you wear two sports bras or one like me? And it's, oh yeah, like these shorts are too small because obviously these thick thighs, honey. And it's just, it was just, <laughs> it was just, it was, just so, it was so much. And I was like, this is amazing. This is life. And this is life as someone... I just relate in every way. So I was like, I just need to keep this going and, and, keep, and you know, this is what I want for my people. So, yeah. Would you invite Clara? Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Sounds like a great time. <laughs> it is a good time. Just think, you know, countryside, you're running through the green and you go get, have a roast afterwards. Fab. It's honestly, it's a vibe. And then, you know, some people obviously want to go on and train for trail races, trail for ultra marathons, marathons, and that's also welcomed. You know, I will help you get there. And, and that, Clara does half and maybe Clara does half to do marathon. I did mention doing, doing a marathon. Now and listen. <laughs> Planted the seed. The London Marathon is something that within my lifetime I do want to do. And it is a mind... I need to take my own advice because it definitely is a mind over matter thing. Absolutely. Yeah. I tell you what, 
and I'm going to say it here and then everyone's going to hear it and hold me to it. I will actually run it with you. Oh! If you decide that you want to do London Marathon. You oh all God. heard it here first. Oh <laughs> Heroes okay. were made in this right, podcast. No, no, okay, studio. cool. No, we will do it at some point. All right. And we'll be Plan. at Mile 21. There, there we go. go. Perfect. Perfect. We'll get Perfect. a great sign. Perfect. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> Thanks, Dora. That was so interesting. Thank you so much for stopping by with your top exercise tips. And Clara, also, thank you too. I'm genuinely going to go and do some boxing after this. Yes, like, I am motivated by you. I think thank you I for having me. And I also love the fact that you have committed to the London Marathon. Yes. Right? Yeah, yeah. Well, you heard it here first. <laughs> I will do it. I am going to do it. I'm looking in your eye. I'm going to yep. do it. I'm going to do it. Thanks so much for listening. We would love to hear what you'll be taking from this episode. Email us at podcast at luk.com or you can DM us at luk. If you love Clara, you can find her on Instagram at Clara Ampho. Next week, we're going to be joined by the academic, TV presenter and author of Don't Touch My Hair, Emma Dabbery. She's going to be telling us why she loves sea swimming despite the fact she hates the cold. If you've enjoyed the episode, please share it with your friends and make sure you never miss an episode by following Why I Move on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. This was an LUK podcast in association with Nike. Produced by Curly Media for Hearst. See you next week. This podcast was brought to you by Nike. We're joined again by the wonderful Nike coach, Dora Atom. Dora, what do you always make sure you do after a run? Oh, this is a good one. So I love a skincare mask and I love a robe and I love tea. So after a run, I would always get the mask on and relax some tea, watch some TV. It just make me feel like I'm living my absolute best life. Love that answer. Yeah, I love that answer. Yeah, yeah, the yeah. robe did it for me. The, yeah, honestly, <laughs> I love a robe. I love um, a robe. Um,